0: This is Jason. Thanks for listening. This is our uh, midweek talk number three in this series on Genesis that we're going through called Failures in Faith. And just to remind you, we're, we're doing a midweek talk because there's so much content in the book of Genesis that we just don't have time to get through everything on a Sunday morning. And frankly, I get going on other ideas with Sunday and preach a little bit more. And, and I want to just fill in the gaps and fill in some of the story. And, and a lot of these midweek talks, I'm reading the scriptures, reading the story and, and adding uh, some more content to some of the minor characters or some of the uh, middle points within the big story. This next Sunday, uh, if, you listen in, if you're listen, if you listening to us on the podcast, we, um, we close out uh, the Abraham section of, of Genesis. And we come to the big finale. And so prior to that, there were some things that happened leading up to the big finale. And that's what this midweek talk's all about. Hope you enjoy. Thanks for listening. So I'm doing it with my phone in my office. And so um, I had a couple ideas. There's there's two things I still need to talk about in, in the in-between. Uh, this next Sunday, we're going to be finishing up uh, the Abraham section of, of the Genesis story. And so each week in this midweek time, I've been kind of filling in some of the other parts and talking a little bit about just things that some other stuff that we just don't have time for on Sunday. Well, We could probably create time, but we but we haven't had time. I could talk for an hour and a half on Sunday morning. so today uh, in this one and I'll probably drop another one potentially tonight um, is we're gonna I'm gonna focus in on I'm just gonna read to you the story that I didn't get to on Sunday uh, going with uh, chapter 16 and 17 and then even uh, up almost up to 18 chapter 18, I'm gonna read it to you. And and then I'm going to give it some commentary. I put some links to some questions, you know. So this will be here in the future. You'll be able to be able to look at um, some of the questions, just think through it. Now the questions are designed really for again for you to just help guide maybe some of the thought, guide uh, help you kind of go a little bit deeper. Uh, not so you're not just using my words, but you may be taking my words at a launch pad and using them to uh, to help facilitate and allow the Spirit of God to, to work through you. So that you can um, you can begin to be impacted and and shaped and transformed and and ultimately like this today this this midweek which is really end week uh, is about uh, a transformation of the heart and so we're going to be in Genesis sixteen seventeen I'm going to read those stories to you and then uh, we're going to end up in uh, Deuteronomy for a brief second as well Deuteronomy uh, ten I believe and so just let me read the story as it unfolds remember this last Sunday was the third week of the series, and I spent a lot of time just talking about faith and how Abram was starting to doubt, and he needed God to, to remind him of the promises that he had already made. And, and the idea from this last Sunday is, we just spent more time talking about faith, not as much about Abraham and Sarai, but, but that um, when we live as followers of Jesus, we're living our life in light of the promise. That Jesus has died, was raised again, and that we have put faith, trust into that. And so I spent a lot of time talking about how you need to use your mind, you need to think, and you also need to believe with with conviction, and that should shape the way in which you live. So, anyway, uh, we didn't get into the story, and that's why we have to do these, I'm doing these midweek talks, just because I want to make sure we get through Genesis. So here we go. I'm just going to read to you, starting with uh, chapter 16, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife... Was born him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar, and Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant, it may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan. Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. So just to pause for a second, now Sarai is coming up with a plan because she just doesn't believe that God's going to provide this child to her, and says, take my servant Hagar, and he, she can be your wife so that we can have a kid. So again, living with faith and failure at the same time. And when he went into Hagar, verse 4 of chapter 16, and she conceived, and, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. So Sarai, again, I'm, I don't need to give too much commentary here, but... Sarai makes a plan and, and then treats Hagar poorly because of the plan succeeding. And Sarai said to Abram, may the wrong be done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. So, it's like, there's this tension forming that's just kind of like, ah, which, you know. This is how what happens when we when we make mistakes, when we fail, when we try to take matters into our own hand, we 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 disrupt relationships. We disrupt um we dis, we destroy the fabric of what God's trying to build in us. But Abram said to Sarah, "Behold your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please." Then Sarah I dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, and the spring on the way of sure and he said hagar servant of sarai where you have come from and where you are going where have you come from and where are you going she said i am fleeing from my mistress sarai and the angel of the lord said to her return to your mistress and submit to her the angel of the lord also said to her i will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for mul- <laughs> sorry i'm getting tongue tied so that they cannot be numbered for multitude and the angel of the Lord said to her, "Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man; his hand against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen." So, in it, so Hagar is getting a similar promise that Abram and Sarah got—that the, the 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 descendants of Ishmael will be. Huge. There'll be a multitude. will be many, many, many. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore the well was called Bialeroy. I- Bir- <laughs> I'm horrible at pronouncing names. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram called to the name of his son whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So we see the beginning of, uh, and, and kind of the culmination of the plot of Sarai's mistrust that God was going to provide a child. And so she went into the scheme, and the scheme derailed. But ultimately, what ended up happening is Hagar had a son, Ishmael. And Ishmael uh, was thought of as a son from Abram. But still, we're, we're going to take another step for, uh, forward. Chapter 17, I'm going to read this next part where we we introduced, God introduced uh, circumcision as part of the covenant. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you, and I may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram. So here we, we've we been up to Abram, and I've been mis- messing it up all the time just because I so, am habitually say Abraham. But at this point in the story, in, in Abram's story, God's going to change his name. But your name shall be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. And if you're watching this with your kid, now's the time to teach him Father Abraham. Had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just... Anyway, you know that song. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make you into nations and kings shall come from you and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout the generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, Canaan. For an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring, after you throughout their generation. This is my covenant which you shall keep, between me and you and your offspring, after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. he has broken my covenant. Now, we're going to get into circumcision here in a second. But I'm not going to go too deep into it, um, I, but, I, but there's one huge concept I think we just need to grab a hold of. There's a lot of digging around and things that we could do and talk, and there's so much New Testament uh, talk of circumcision and, and just how, how God has used that. And let's just, you know, let's be honest. It's kind of an awkward thing to talk about, but I'm going to spend a, a few minutes here in a second, but I want to finish up this story, um, chapter 17. And uh this is where I'm where uh, God uh, again promises a son. And this this time uh, verse 15 is he goes into more detail with Abraham. And God said to Abraham, for as for Sarah your wife, you should not call her Sarah anymore, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her and moreover I will give you a son by her. I will bless her and she will become she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell, on his, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for your offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac from Sarah, whom Sarah Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from abraham then abraham took ishmael his son and all those born in his house out or bought with his money every male among the men of abraham's house and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day as god had said to him abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin and Ishmael his son was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his firsthand. That very day Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised and all the men of the house, of his house, those born in the house and those bought with money from a foreign foreigner were circumcised with him. Okay. Well, wow, that's a lot of words, a lot of a lot of things. But it, what it does is it catches the story up, and here's what we have. We have a reestablishment of the promise. We have the changing of the names of Abraham and Sarah, from Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah, and, and uh, a reestablishing of the covenant with actually another layer uh, of, with circumcision. Now, let's get into circumcision for just a second. It is super simple. Um, God is asking... That there is uh, an evidence, a physical evidence of an inward transformation. That's what circumcision, circumcision is. It's a visible physical covenant display of your inward obedience, of your inward heart, of, of the transformation of who you are. Now it doesn't give a lot of detail. It doesn't. It doesn't sh- say and walk through the steps as Abraham walked through his 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 people and all that and his son Ishmael. It doesn't give the details of how he, maybe he talked with him and talked about how God provided, but but what we get is is that this behavior, this act, is a sign of what God is doing on the inside. Let's flip over to Deuteronomy real quick. We're gonna to go to Deuteronomy chapter ten, um, and and we're gonna pick up in verse twelve. And this is I think uh, what happens when when the circumcision uh, covenant is put into place and then it's played out, played out, played out, played out and now we're given some other words to it by Moses and he talks about it in a deeper, more spiritual way in a way that we understand it maybe deeper other than just circumcision as the medical act um, or as the physical act but here's what uh, Moses is saying in Deuteronomy chapter 10 And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Verse 14, Behold, to the Lord, your God, belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them You above all peoples, as you are this day. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great and mighty, the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore. For you were sojourners in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. And by his name you shall swear. He is your praise. He is your God who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons. And now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars in heaven. Moses is saying to the people, even after the exodus, you need to circumcise your heart. Now... I've done probably, I don't know, 25, nah, maybe not that many, I don't know the number, a bunch of baptisms. And one of the things that I do when I do baptism is I ask the person I'm baptizing if they're going to follow the Lord all of the days of their life, if they're going to walk in the ways of the Lord, if they're going to make the Lord's ways their ways. That's one of the questions I ask, and they respond usually with the baptism of yes. Well, here uh, in this passage where Moses is saying it's time to circumcise your heart. He says, Lord, again, I'm going to read it again. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments and statues of the Lord. Now, it is easy, I think, for us in this particular point in our world to just go, these are the things that you're supposed to do. And obedience sometimes can be faked obedience can be this thing that you kind of work your way through. I know when, when I was a teenager, it was easy for me to pretend like I was doing right, uh, even though maybe my inward heart was like, eh, I'm just going to get this done so I can move on to the next thing. It's, I think that that uh, even goes as, to we get, as we become adults, where we just kind of go through the motions sometimes to get the thing done that we need to get done. And, and we obey, even though in our heart we're like resistant, or frustrated, or we're annoyed, or whatever sort of negative we want to use. And what circumcision is, is that sure it's this physical act, it's this thing that happens to you, but it's supposed to signify a transformation of the inside. It's supposed to be a shaping and a, and, a, and a transforming of the heart, just like when we do baptism. The baptism is an outward expression of what God has already done to the heart, to where the, God has already shaped and taken over and, and won the heart so that you not just obey out of, out of like duty or responsibility or fear but you obey because you love you obey because you you trust you obey because you want to and and in the covenant of circumcision this this uh exterior snipping so to speak is supposed to represent that god is shaping and snipping the heart to be conformed or chiseled into how he wants it to be again not so we can be all these be let me stop for a second. Not so just for the individual, but also to show the nations who God is. Sure, there is a relational component, and that's a primary part of our faith and our walk with the Lord, is that we have this relationship with God. But, but the point of it is to show who God is. That he loves mercy that he carries out justice that he loves the sojourner that he loves the pilgrim that he provides for for those who are weak he 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 puts people in power and position so that they can help and if if a person has a has a heart that is shaped and transformed by god then he's able to carry out mercy justice and righteousness and show the people around him who god is so this physical act, this outward demonstration of circumcision, is a reflection of what's going on in the soul. I um. I remember that when I was baptized, and there was, a, was a, just a significant kind of moment. If there was a distance between when I accepted the Lord and when I was baptized, and we've done that in our own household too, because we we want to make sure that the the heart and it's not there's no legalism there or some sort of like timeline. We just want to make sure the heart is being shaped and that God is really. Really, really grabbing a hold. And I remember having that same experience that, that as I was getting older and, and God was working, I mean, I was struggling with some of my failures and struggling with some of my doubts like Abram was, Abraham was. Struggling with making good decisions and poor decisions. My heart was getting shaped and shaped and shaped and shaped. So that, that the moment when I was baptized, it was like this, this solidification of things that God had already been doing. And, and we see that in Abraham's story. That he called him out in genesis 12 and and asked him to leave his land and in and, and we see the ups and downs of his life and and the doubting that god's going to provide for this promise and, and all of these just 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 the different ups and downs to where we come to this final point before the big reveal before the big payoff before the big promise of isaac actually comes to fruition and and god says it's time to physically have this altercation to your body to signify the relationship we have, the covenant we have with one another, in the in circumcision. Now we could get into a lot of New Testament stuff where Paul talks about it. I don't think we need to right now, but but I want to I want to press in again and say, what's God doing in shaping your heart? How is it is it happening? Are you surrendering? Are you submitting? I think about a 13 year old boy, Ishmael. That's what Scripture teaches us, having to submit to his father, who's going to circumcise him. Think about that. Not probably a fun experience. Not probably an ideal morning for him. And so there's this I, there's this uh, attitude that we need to have when we're when we're being shaped and grown by the Lord, as we're wrestling through our struggles, or we're we're having moments of, of success in, in faith, um, to where God. God is God is working us, and we need to submit to that. Um, and so. Uh, circumcision is a weird thing to talk about And we needed to touch base on I needed, it. I needed to have the midweek talk To where we kind of ran in the, Filled in the gaps of these two stories Of Sodom and Gomorrah And what happened with the promise And how these two are smushed together With the promise of Isaac The birth of Ishmael And Sarah's plot To, to actually Because she doubted what God was doing And how God came in And again rescued all this Now one last little piece here I think it's hilarious. There's two different situations. We didn't read the rest of it. We read it a couple weeks ago on a Sunday morning. But Abraham laughed at God, and Sarah also laughed at God that he was going to provide. And that's one of those questions that I think is good for us to wrestle with. Have Have you ever laughed when you felt like God was calling you to do something? And like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> no way. And even the patriarch, matriarch of, of, of the Jewish faith, of our faith, which it laughed at God said there's no way that's possible i'm an old man i'm 90 years old there's no way this is going to happen so i I just it's interesting it's a it's a insight that that shows that in spite of all the good things abraham did there was still that kind of that doubt that creeped and turned inside of him it made him human made him made him uh feel very uh relatable and so uh this is uh genesis 16 and 17 i know i read a lot and talked a lot um i hope you uh continue to grow at home dig in, digging into the word on your home at home wrestle with these questions even with your kids or uh, you know figuring out what's god have for you how am i supposed to be growing daily by these by these old testament stories as we uh continue to march through it? this next sunday we're going to have the 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 books uh, the bookend of abraham and isaac with the f- famous story from abraham where abraham uh, is told to sacrifice isaac we're going to talk about that on sunday morning there's going to be one more midweek talk with the abraham and Abraham and abimelech we'll probably get into that next week and then we're going to move on to jacob so we have jacob and joseph we're going to deal with we have eight more nine more weeks of it of genesis and we're going to get all the way to the end it's been fun and we're going to continue to dive in deep uh thanks for listening today have a great uh, weekend we'll-